Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. Now as we continue our study of the liturgy, we are reaching the end of the anaphora, finally. And the end of the anaphora is characterized by asking God to remember all kinds of people, and in a way, asking us as the church to remember all different kinds of people. In the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, he asks us to remember the Theotokos, St. John the prophet, the saints of the day. He asks us to remember those who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection. He asks us to remember Orthodox bishops, the presbyters, the deacons, in every monastic order, tells us that we are doing this for the whole world. He tells us to remember our archbishop. He tells us to remember everyone we call to mind. He asks us to remember the city in which we live, every city and land, to remember those who travel by land, sea and air, the sick, the suffering, the captives, Remember those who bear fruit and do good works in your holy churches, those who are mindful of the poor. And if you think that was a long list, we should go to the liturgy of St. Basil. And his list is even longer. He does things like, remember, O Lord, those who are in the deserts and the mountains and the caverns and the chambers of the earth, etc., etc., etc. And it goes on for pages. Remembering all of these people. Well, if we put this into context of what we are celebrating today, which is the fathers of the First Ecumenical Council, the Sunday that falls in between Ascension and Pentecost, this actually begins to make sense. Because today's Gospel reading is is the great prayer of Christ that he does for his disciples before he goes to his crucifixion. And in it, he asks that they, meaning us, be one as he and the Father are one. And if we look at the first ecumenical council and what they were doing, they were declaring that oneness of God in response to Arianism. And Arianism was a heresy which refused to accept that the Father could share any part of himself with either the Son or the Holy Spirit, that these three were separate. Uh, The famous Arian saying was that there was a time when the Son was not. And this viewpoint, this philosophy, as it were, renders Christianity meaningless, and you'll see why in a second. And in response, the church said, no, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one in essence, homoousios. And this was problematic for a lot of people in the church because that word homoousios does not appear in Scripture. And in fact, the Gnostics were fond of using that word, and so they were kind of iffy about using it. And St. Athanasius the Great 
went around and defended the use of that word because he said there was no other word that we could find that was clear enough that we could make this statement and make sure that an Aryan couldn't say exactly those same words and believe what they believe so that we could be of one mind about who God is. Homoousios, one essence. And it is because of that one essence that this entire salvific work of Christ works. Because he takes on our humanity, our very nature, and unites it to himself. And because his divine nature is in perfect communion with the Father and the Holy Spirit, that means our nature is capable of being in full communion with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because we are made according to the image and likeness of God, we too are homoousios. We are one in essence in a plethora of persons. And because we share in that nature, the human nature, Christ's human nature being perfected in him allows our nature, fallen though it may be through our sinfulness, can experience that perfection. So too can others who are not Orthodox, who are not Christian in a small way, experience that perfection. At the very least, they're going to experience his resurrection at the second coming of Christ. But in the meantime, we as the church list all of these people. And at the end of this, we, we say, having commemorated all the saints, President of the United States, a saint, are the members of the armed forces, saints, We've commemorated all of these people. We've commemorated people who are outside of the church, calling them saints. Because in this moment where we are within a space where the heavenly kingdom intersects with the fallen world, where we get the foretaste of what is to come, when we remember these people as the body of Christ in our human nature, we are sharing what we know here and what we experience here with the whole of human beings. That oneness of nature allows us to affect all of mankind through our presence here in this space, in this liturgy. And so when we call to mind, when we remember all of these different people, it's not something that we do just because. It's nice. It's something we do because it is our responsibility, our duty, our job. We are the vessel through which God has chosen to effect his salvation in the world. And he desires his entire creation to experience that salvation. And here, we can make that happen at least in a small way, that by remembering these people, from the people we love to the people who we call enemies, we get to share with them all that we experience here, that they, through us, get a foretaste of that eternal kingdom of God. It also challenges us to take what we do here, to take the love that is necessary 
to share with those who hate us all the glory that God bestows upon us, all that love, all that mercy, all of that forgiveness upon those who hate us, those who seek to destroy us, those who couldn't care less about us out into that world. So that what we experience here doesn't stay here, but goes out there. So that we remember all of these people, not just here in this space, but we remember them out there so that we are impelled by our own faith to do something about it, to have that conversation, to buy that food somebody needs, to clothe someone who needs clothed, to make amends with someone we've hurt, to try to make a friend out of an enemy. Because in the same way that we are called to always have in mind the divine liturgy, the last supper of Christ. Do this in remembrance of me. In this latter part of the anaphora, we are called to continually bring to mind all of those people who aren't here, who don't get to experience what we experience. And because this is the greatest event that has ever happened in the entire history of the world. We get to experience the heavenly kingdom intersecting with the fallen world. We get to see that space in which the heavenly kingdom is real. We should be sharing, telling the world what we already know. Come and see. Come and see what I know. Come and see why I don't fear death. Come and see why it is that in the face of great tragedy and trial, I stand firm in my faith. I can accomplish things in my life that I thought were never possible because of God. Let me tell you a story about a person I know, about a saint, about the history of the church and these marvelous things that have happened in the world because of our faith and our church. Your life is the way that it is now because Christ came into the world. Let us share that and call to mind continuously the people who do not know so that one day they will. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever, and to the ages of ages.